Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. A little switch <laughs> Hey, Krista. Hey, Catherine. I know you guys think, think we set this up that we're laughing every time, but we're actually just trying to get situated, and something funny pretty much happens every single time. <laughs> So, I haven't seen you in a while because you've been traveling, lucky gal. Yes, I have. Where have we been going to? Let's just call it... Summer of love. Summer of love. (laughs) (laughs) It was spring of love, summer of meet the family. Oh, how did that go? It went great. It went great. That's a big step. It was a big step. I mean, not to scare you or anything, (laughs) but meet the Fockers. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) No, luckily, not so much. Um, It's interesting because I would not have necessarily thought I would be as worried about meeting his family as I was about him meeting my family. Like, somewhere Mm -hmm. in there, I would have thought it would be easier, but both seemed equally, not because of who he is at all, mainly because... In my own family, it's <laughs> my. Look, I'm actually like, right now. You're like, <laughs> it's like what it's is that? My relationship <laughs> with people that is guiding him into my family, and just finding my way to. I feel safe and comfortable with everybody, so that he can feel safe and comfortable. It just you mean within your own family, within my own family, oh, right? Like those, okay. you know, all. It wasn't just that he met like one or two people. He met thirty people. At one so time. you both met each other's families this we summer. We did. We went to Texas, where it was hot and hot and hotter. And mm-hmm. then we went to Virginia, where it was hotter Yay, and hotter Virginia. and hotter. <laughs> so we did about 100 degrees in both places and about a 98 to 100% humidity in both places. So, yeah. And about um, that much humidity <laughs> happening in your hotness, too. <laughs> well, it's the heat of relationship. Well, I'm glad somebody was having a hot summer. <laughs> we are having a hot summer in always. Even in this podcast today, we're having a hot summer. So yeah. what does that mean that you're meeting the parents? Mm, good question. Because uh, I, I can't really think think of ever, I haven't ever done a lot of dating, so I've never really had to do that meet the parent thing, but like maybe twice in my life, it feels like. Yeah, I don't know. I can't even think right now how many times. I do remember my first time I met my first husband's, this just sounds crazy, the first (laughs) time I met my first husband's family was at our engagement party. Oh. So I had never even laid eyes on them yet. I don't think... Or that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I didn't know them. Let's just put it, it that way. It was so long ago, you get to make it up. If I, if I had met them, which is possible, I did not know them at all. Like, okay. weren't any really warmly connected, I would just say, at that point. They are lovely people, and uh, <laughs> I definitely didn't know them until my engagement party. Yeah. So now you're a step ahead, this relationship. So, yeah, I'm, you're I'm, not engaged, are you? No. Okay, no, not engaged. Checking. Nope. And I think 
We've both been married before, mm-hmm. me twice. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe in both those situations, I didn't necessarily do all the steps maybe you should do before. Well, <laughs> who does? <laughs> I don't maybe, think many people do. Maybe and young I think people shouldn't get married. <laughs> shouldn't? <laughs> young people, I said. Well, they definitely shouldn't if they're not... Um, you know, kind of doing the work around what that looks like. And I don't think that's something that our culture talks about very much. Like, you know, getting some counseling and clarity and stuff before stepping into that engagement or wedding phase. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it. I know for me and for my friends, it was all about falling in love Mm -hmm. with the right guy. You Mm -hmm. know, so he was this and he was that. And it was all kind of like ego-based material and safety, like, does he yeah. make enough money for me to be safe? Does he <laughs> to pay for the wedding? We're gonna start planning. <laughs> well, no, my like parents want to pay for the wedding, but does he make? Well, at least the first one. Um, <laughs> but no, does he like? Does he have what I think he needs to make my life what I want my life to be? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure not all women do that. Some women are making like all of those decisions already. But I do think that there's this romance culture that we have mm-hmm. that's like, well, girls all want to get married and guys are all getting roped into it. And right. girls' clocks are ticking and they want to have babies. And guys are like, whoa, hold on. I don't want to do that. And so it has this funny thing in our culture where it feels like the women are leading the marriage conversation. right? And the men are like dragging their heels through the air. And you see it when people, when women will create ultimatums for men and Mm -hmm. say things like, yeah, I can't go on any longer. And uh, this is funny. Alison Armstrong, whom we've talked about before, refers to this as like the woman is actually gestating the marriage in the same way she would gestate a baby. So at three months, you know, a certain level of commitment is happening. And then at six months, another level. And if nine months or 10 months, there's another level. If by a year you're not actually committed, she's checking out because she's got it. She can't waste her time. She's got babies so what to what month birth. are you in your birthing process? Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm glad at? I just said that. Uh, we're at six months. And, oh, so and what's the stage that you should funny? be at? Yeah. So at six months, <laughs> well, if we all know. progressing yes, properly. Yes, if I was progressing properly in the pregnancy of my relationship, which is a partnership. weird thing. Partnership. Yes, partnership, <laughs> um, which is a weird thing. Okay, so I would be mid-pregnancy, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I so feeling fat. Would there fat be, and that's right. Were there legs? Are there hearts? Are there lungs? No lungs yet. So we can't breathe yet. Um, anyway, this is funny. It's a funny contact. So since I said that, <laughs> what's interesting is that six months we're meeting each other's families. Mm-hmm. Now I did meet part of his family earlier, which was just another step. And it was Mother's Day, and there were all those choices to be made. Right. This trip felt much more like the weight of, I guess I would even say, like the parental weight. I don't mm-hmm. even, I don't have parents anymore on the planet. So you don't have anybody's approval that you're seeking. But or, my brothers mm-hmm. are the masculine who are, I imagine, holding that inside me, holding that kind of like, is he man enough? And do you think they feel it that way? I don't know. <laughs> it's all projection. I don't I don't know what anybody else is thinking. But I know for me that was some level of it was that sort of like pre- presenting him to the masculine and you know are they going to like bump chests or right. you know spar with each other. Take or him out they were lovely. Or <laughs> they were lovely. Yeah, fishing. 
Hilarious. Were there any um, steps prior to meeting? Like, okay, so we're kind of talking about how a relationship evolves and if we're if we're to do it consciously, like what that looks like and yeah. what are some guidelines that people can um, kind of set up for themselves to see if they're on track and yeah, if it's impossible. That, yeah, that's a great question. Well, yeah, I remember one of the things somebody saying to me a long time, well, maybe after the death of my second marriage, <laughs> saying something to me like, if you actually have as your goal to be married, then you will meet somebody who wants to be married. Hmm. That's not necessarily the person you should marry. It's just someone else who wants to get married. Who has that value. Right. They want to get married. You want to get married. So you progress and you get married. And so everybody's happy, except that in my case, obviously they weren't the perfect matches. I can say that without any doubt. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean nobody doesn't have any meaning about good people, bad people, or anything else. It just means those weren't a great match. Okay. Did you do this? No, I did no steps, steps before. Okay. So no in before. doing it differently this time, That's right. what are some steps that you guys have taken? Well, I think one thing is we're really focused on partnership. So, and really diving into what that looks like and, and all the ways that we have a tendency when we get scared to go back to ourselves and kind of hide in maybe a cave or maybe I hide with my friends or whatever we do that makes it so that we're not really connecting with each other. Like we can both be working on our own projects and we can be have dinner every night or we can come together and sleep together. And I mean, I mean, sleep and have sex (laughs) and whatever, but we can do all those things. But if we're not actually working anything together, we're not actually creating a partnership. We're just kind of what do they say about two-year-olds? Play, parallel play. They just mm-hmm. play next to each other. And I think a lot of people get into marriage doing that, especially right now when people are working. So you're so your life is so full. You have your own money. You have your own apartment, usually, or your own house or whatever. You have your own car. You've got right. everything. So you're self-sufficient. And you come together, and there's no prescription for partnership. So tell me uh, and tell the audience yeah. what you see is the difference between relationship and partnership. I don't think I can fit it all into one podcast, but uh, the biggest difference between relationship and partnership, I think, is that you are in agreement that you're creating something that holds both of you in equal honor. Part, is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, so sorry. Okay. So in partnership, you're hold, you're creating something that holds both of you in equal honor and respect. Mm-hmm. And both of your values, what you think is important is really just a value, right? Not like integrity. If you think it's important, it's a value. But if you don't care, it's not a value, right? Okay. So I think those are one of the, that's probably the first like jump off place is if you actually start thinking to yourself after you've been dating somebody and, and this is usually like somebody who gets pretty serious quickly. You get them quickly. Now it could take much longer if that doesn't happen. Sometimes when you have kids and jobs, it takes a lot longer. Right. But if you really come into an agreement that this feels really right for you, at some point you have to kind of Check each other's values out, right? Some of it you trip over. Like, but do you, you do that in relationship? Like, so you said, yeah. Oh, we're going to so try and is... set up the difference between relationships. So, in relationship, there's a lot of ego involved and a lot of fear involved. There, often you find like people attaching to a relationship out of neediness, not needs, because we all have needs, but like mm-hmm. a needy. Like, I need, and this is where you find traditional roles more, where. Unthought through. You can have traditional roles in a partnership too. But in 
relationship. Um, relationship. You have a tendency to not have examined those, not know they're coming out of fear or not coming out of your family background that says you should be married by the time you're 25 or that you, um, if you're not married, you're not a good woman. And being single is a problem. All those things drive women right. to make bad choices. And for men, I'm just like sitting here and wondering, you, what do you think? What do you think are the, the choices men make that also might not be from the wholeness of like, this is the thing that I want to support me for the rest of my life. Instead, it's, I, oh, oh, I got it. I'm like, I don't know. I, oh, no, I totally got it. I had a partner who said this to me. So we're talking about long-term relationship and marriage, choosing in. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes people don't actually get married, but they're still choosing a committed partnership. But they can both have these issues, right? So in relationship, you're actually using the other person to get a need filled, not bringing a need and saying, will you partner with me? Yeah, so I don't think I've ever been in partnership with somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Just realizing that Hopefully we're working on that right now here in this podcast. I've never had a partnership. Right. So a man— I my um, first marriage, and I see— that it was set up with a lot of neediness between yeah. the two of us. And and I think that we confuse the neediness with love, love and passion. And, oh, it's like my soulmate because we just fell into each other and never left each other's side. And it was like, oh, no, we were just like terrified, depend, terrified <laughs> and depending on each other to be, our, you know, our everything for each other. And I'm just like putting that together in this Yeah, it's one like moment. us against the world. Yeah. And then let's add some kids to that because that'll make it more mm-hmm. fun and easier, mm-hmm. right? Uh, everybody who has kids knows horrible when you're not <laughs> ready. So uh, well, here's another one. So one of my people that was in long-term relationship with me um, at one point said to me when we were breaking up, well, I married you for to have my sexual needs taken care of. Oh, and I was like, what? What? And that was really clear. And this was a place where I had a conversation <laughs> about perception checking. What if we asked the person who asked us to marry them, what's your real reason? Oh, my God. <laughs> or what's or your partnership. Real Again, I'm not saying this could be a committed partnership also, but it, marriage or committed partnership. Like, what's your reason for wanting me to move in, be your partner or relationship person? Oh, you want to... That's really interesting. Yeah, that's really, really interesting because I think that because I've been coming from the mindset of relationship and then I've had a current person that was very much asking for partnership and I don't think I was mature enough to see the difference between the Mm. relationship and the partnership. And literally in this moment, I'm like, oh, like they were asking to create this thing and I was over here creating the neediness and the codependency and the mm. and the the marriage box and that trajectory. And wow. I, I feel like chills. <laughs> She's got right chills all over. Because I, I think a lot of people are gonna resonate with that topic of the difference between creating a partnership and relationship, especially if, you know, you're a young twenty something looking for your partner or about to consider that step of engagement and moving it on to marriage. It's like, how are we setting that up to be successful? Yeah. And really so sex is an okay way reason to get married. Like that yeah. that's okay. It just can't be your only reason to get married. Well it can be if that's the other person's value too. It's true. <laughs> Actually you're really right about that. It could just be sex, you know, and it could be monogamous sex, because why bother if you're gonna get be in a committed relationship? But if it's coming from a place of neediness, like I'm gonna nail down my sexual need for the rest of my life, 
and I'm going to treat someone in a certain way before we get married. And then I deserve sex after we, because I married her mm-hmm. or him and however your dynamic is, that's going to mess the stuff up too. Because when the dynamic changes or shifts, if the more feminine partner decides that they need more romance, more kissing, more loving, and you're like, no, I married you for, for sex. sex. You're not going to have an equal value. So we're talking about right now, when you're moving along and progressing into a relationship, which you and your beloved are doing, and you're Mr. Delicious, Mr. Delicious um, I think you've had a, like a little promise made or something that, you know, lets you mm. know that the relationship is more than just dating. Because that was also something we were right. laughing about earlier, the word dating, in that I had a partner who was like, oh, we were dating. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, we were just going out. And he's like, yeah, it's called dating. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, no, it's not. Dating is when it's one person. Right. I'm dating him. Yeah. Versus, versus I'm, I'm dating. dating. And so I think that <laughs> word needs to kind of be clarified when we're using it with our friends, friends with benefits, friends with whatever, or, or we're starting or romantic partners. Business. Yeah. Yeah. And Clarifying so you that. have moved from, you were dating Mr. Mm-hmm. Delicious, and then you decided to just date Mr. Delicious. Mr. Delicious. And then what happened? Um, that's a good question. Um, but uh, so around three months, we decided to gift each other something. And hmm. I was just talking and thinking about this. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And the point of that was commitment. Mm. Now, it wasn't marriage commitment. It wasn't right. engagement commitment. It wasn't any of those things. But it was like, I'm taking this seriously enough. It matters to me enough that I'm taking this to this level. Right. And so I gave him this gorgeous man bracelet thing, <laughs> which just looks beautiful on his strong arms that makes me all <laughs> goosebumpy. Um, and he gave me a ring. And it's definitely not an engagement ring, but it is rubies. And I've never, nobody's ever given me rubies before, nice. which is super fun. So it's very similar to a promise ring or a promise, promise bracelet. And it's exactly. just saying I'm investing in you and I'm taking this more serious than just casual dating or. Whatever. Right. And it's not for anybody else. It's just for us. And yeah. it's also that, that I'm, I'm committed here and now kind right. of conversation like today. And when I give you this, I want you to know that unless something changes, I'm committed here and I'll tell you when it does. Versus when you're in those first, even when you're dating someone who's just yours, you're still in a much more loose relation. Like at any point they could say, you know what, I'm just too busy in my life to date. But when you do something like that, it feels like you've made a statement. Like, okay, there's that. And so so then after that stage, is that where it moves and kind of like, okay, now we're going to start really clarifying our values? Well, I don't. I guess we didn't do it on purpose, but I do know to do it on purpose. So I was probably just fighting subconsciously, <laughs> aligning with some operating. inner guidance. You know, and just like how is he with his son? How does that? You know, how does that roll? How is he with his responsibilities in the world? How am I with mine? Does and he so pay you, his bills? All does the time? he pay his bills? <laughs> does he pay his bills at all? You know, things you should know about people, but and, things we don't talk about. But we don't. We don't talk about don't them. And if you do talk about them, you are at risk for people misunderstanding and thinking, oh, she's a gold digger because she cares about how much money I have. Well, what about how much money I have? Mm-hmm. If I don't tell you that, you know, if I have zero funds, 
But we're not so, just talking about money either. We're talking no. about, like you're saying, like how do they interact, if, you know, with their adult children or their parents? Or do how they, do they sh- do they show up on time? Are they at their job, you know, consistently and showing up in the world in a way that's respectable? Yeah, and and respectable to you, right? Like it doesn't matter like, if they don't if they have estranged relationships with their children, and if they are not paying their bills on time, and if they don't seem to keep their word. If those things are okay with you. Then it's then, fine. Then it's fine. Because then your values line up. Right. Yeah. It's The question is, what do you need to actually feel like you can connect with someone fully? And I guess safety has to play a big part. Because if you want something, like if if you want a family, if you want to like make a family, say you're young and you really want to have kids, and you're like all into homeschooling and gardens and vegetables and cooking everything, and your partner is like a big city person and they want to like have their kids in private school and boarding school when they're 13 and nah, not too much time with them. We're going to take vacations so we separately can travel. Yeah. so we can travel and my work takes me and you must come with me. And so the kids are going to have a nanny. I've been in so many situations where these two things have just clashed against each other. So yeah, one I of, think young people think, oh, but we love each other so much. I, we'll work through that. Love mm. is not enough in mm. a marriage. Like that's such a great, actually, that's a great thing to talk about because love is enough to carry on in our lives with all of the people around us and everything. But when you choose partnership, love is not enough because you actually have to choose what they choose. You mm-hmm. have to choose those same values. You have to choose the same commitments. Now, not everything you value has to be the same. Like someone could love race cars and I could love dogs, you know, and, and they don't have to, as long as they don't They're not, not deal like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like deal breakers are big. You yeah. know, if, if someone were to say to me, well, you know, I want our marriage in our marriage, sex is going to be really important to me, but I'm no longer going to create any romance or softness around it for you. I'm just going to expect it of you. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't really work <laughs> <Close> for me. <laughs> shop. <laughs> that shop closed here years ago. Well, um, I think that the clarifying the values too, I think, I'll just speak for myself, Like I just assumed my ex and I had the same values. Yeah. Right, we were just too. both nice people. We showed we up. Loved each kind. Other. We loved each other. We had good friends. We had, you know, fun together. We liked to do a lot of the same things. But I think if we would have had the opportunity or even knew about something like pre-marriage counseling, I think somebody— Or just coaching. Yeah, or coaching, you know, Counseling sure. sometimes is overrated. Yeah, I, just, I know. I'm just saying because yes. sometimes counseling can get you into trouble— and coaching is just more of a like matter of fact, move down yeah, this line, check off these boxes. Asked us some per, like some deep <laughs> questions and really helped us clarify. I think that would have been um, you know, a big deal because I think that I thought that I was really great marriage material. Oh, I definitely was great marriage material. <laughs> and I know Can that his family probably I didn't think I was great marriage material. Based off of my family lineage and which history, is? which is, you know, parents of, um, uh, my parents were divorced and they were remarried and divorced some more. And, you know, I didn't necessarily have super close relationships or a lot of contact with them. So in their culture, that's not a great recipe for a perfect marriage. It was very different mm. than their upbringing in their value system. But in my mind, I was like, 
but I'm not like my parents and I'm not going to be them. And, you know, I, and I, at the, I, of course, that's what I believed. Right. Or I wouldn't have said it. But in hindsight, I just wasn't aware that all that DNA <laughs> value stuff had working. been put in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about my parents' marriage. So my parents were married 71 years before they died, which means really like, God, can you <laughs> just take that in for a minute? 71, 71 years. years. And for me, from an inside observer, I wanted something that was that had more freedom to it and more aliveness. And I could see the commitment and I could see I I could see the value of it, but it didn't hold as high a value to me as aliveness and freshness. Right. And I couldn't figure out how to get both. Mm-hmm. What I figured out in the middle of my marriage or when my marriage got super rocky and I was thinking about leaving was Oh, I think you stay forever. No matter, no matter what. what. Yeah. So no matter how miserable I was, I would stay together. But one of the things for me in a couple of those relationships was that they ha- monogamy was the one thing you weren't allowed to break. Right. You could break how you talk to each other, how you were with each other, how your values. You scream at each other. You could break stuff. every rule. But you got to stay but true. You, but you got to stay true. And once that broke, then then it was okay for me to make another step. But it really shocked me how much I was being driven by these old beliefs mm-hmm. that, oh, you just stay together forever, no matter if you're miserable, happy, doesn't matter. And that framework. that's the family value. That was the value. Stay married. And, and so if I think that's very much my ex's family's belief system. It doesn't you know, matter whether you're even abusing each other, screaming or whatever. It's like, you stay married. And so it was very shocking for them to look and say like, wow, you guys are nice to each other. You have great kids. You have a house. It wasn't anything like big going on. And it's, so it's really- well, except my, inside you. Inside me, right? But they, don't, they didn't really care about what was going on inside me. <laughs> well, it wasn't a value, right? It wasn't a value to right. personal fulfillment and aliveness and happiness was not valued in that culture. Right. It all. was family, it close was family, no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so, so you can see how that creates havoc for you when you're looking for aliveness and energy and passion and polarity and all the things that create fun and sex and sexiness and passion. And so back to Mr. Delicious and I for a second, we want both. Like yeah. we want stability and we have kids and we want family loving and we want family. We want to create a home. Like we're starting to check those things out in these conversations that don't have to be about everything. You don't have to do well, it overnight. Well, you are six months pregnant, so no, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> figuring out where you're going to live. Ooh, it's, a, it's a big thing to be pregnant at my age. But, you know, it's it, it's so funny because... We're slowly starting to find those things out. And I think that's why it's so significant to meet each other's families. Mm -hmm. Because so much crap is not said that you can feel in those situations. Like, oh, do these people still value learning? Mm -hmm. Do they still value growth? Do they care who I am? Do they ask me questions and listen to my answers? You know, and <laughs> they were lovely. I just have to say they yeah. they well, you have to say all... that because they're listening. Probably. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's because they they. Well, I think what is true is I would have had to have a conversation with him that would have clarified for me what how he stands with those things with mm-hmm. his family. Like, how do you navigate your family because of X, Y, and Z? And 
Yeah, because a lot of us are changing from our values. Yeah. From our parents. It's, it feels like in our culture, it's no longer a thing where you have to keep the values of your family. Oh God, it's please, like no. so good to like refresh and hit the refresh button. So it is when you see the in-laws saying certain things or behaving certain ways, it's like, okay, how do you not just assume that your partner is going to ha- you know, feel the exact same way? And so right. checking in. Checking in. And I think as we get older, it's less and less likely that we're just choosing what our parents chose because we're so, so much beyond that. But when we're younger, there's a lot of cases where we're just choosing what our family chose, especially people who are married when they're 20, you know, they have their first kids when they're 23 and 25 and 27. And like by 30, they've got a brood and they're on and their values way. might have changed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's fascinating, you know, what, how do we prepare? And do we that's take really what this, we're talking about. Yeah. Do we take this huge thing seriously? Like I can love Mr. Delicious for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the biggest thing that I've found that is the detriment to making a good choice is whether I feel needy or not. Mm-hmm. When I feel needy and I feel like I can't lose this relationship, bum, it bum, might be bum. the last one. You can imagine at 60, almost 60, that I might go, oh, my God, there aren't that many other fish in the sea. I better not let go of this. Right. If I have that thought, I have to fix it right away because that's the one that's going to lead me into— a marriage that is not going to work. Expectations, pulling, pulling and neediness. And we, I haven't fully checked him out. I dare not challenge him. I dare not say to him, well, if you need to go, you need to go. Mm-hmm. Because I can't have that happen. And I know in the past, I know for sure when my son was born, I was in no place to make that kind of decision. I was right. not ready to take care of myself and a child or whatever else. And so I was in, and, and I think this does happen to lots of women, is either either you want to have children or you're actually already pregnant. I know a bunch of people um, who were hello. pregnant when they were married. <laughs> Probably of my five closest friends, all of us were pregnant when we got I, married. I would say I agree with that. Okay, six. <laughs> <laughs> So when you get in that position, you're no longer actually free to make a great decision. Well, you almost like don't want to clarify the values because you don't no. want to know if something no, is wrong. you do not want to know because what, I mean, first of all, you do? estrogen is making you into a lunatic looking for a father to take care of your baby. You're like, I don't even know who I am because estrogen's got me and pulling me around by the tail. And our psyches are doing it too, like Thus, we should be married. Now, it's changing, right? And people are changing now. But there's still this force of evolutionary history and DNA and heredity and all our genetics and our spiritual lives that are saying, you got to be married. You got to handle this some other way so that you can take care of this baby and da-da-da. Do you still feel that way, though, at this age, that um, that movement behind you of you've got to be married and you've got no. to have that label in the title? No, actually, it's opposite right now. It's like, why would you get married now? Mm. Why would you have that value now? But it's actually a value of mine. It's a value if my marriage is partnership. Mm-hmm. Because back to partnership, one of the hallmarks of partnership is that you're doing something together. Mm-hmm. Because you can't create a partnership where you're going in two different directions because you're always pulling on each other. So it could just be we want to create a loving and warm home right? for our grown children to have grandchildren in, please. You know, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Or we're not doing that at all. Like, we're going to— So do you know what you're doing yet? No. 
Okay. I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm you like, know? Oh my God. You know, oh my the God. listeners want to know. I can't let this episode go. No, by. We, we haven't clarified that. Hence, Good. we're not engaged, right? It's right. like if we're moving towards a commitment or a commitment that may or may not be a marriage, if we're moving towards a commitment, we have a certain level of commitment that's right here now. Mm-hmm. But then there's this, but is this really something like, do we have a value that you stay with the other person through death? What's going to happen if one of us says no? Like, no, I got a value that my life is super important. We need to get some questions together for you to ask. (laughs) Oh, my God. I definitely know there are people who, when their wives or husbands get sick, they're just like, yeah, sorry. I can't spend my life here. Mm -hmm. And they may have a very good reason. It may be because they feel like they've been after their partner to take care of themselves for 30 years and they right. haven't. And now they're just so frustrated. Yeah. Uh, there'd be some anger in there, I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, that kind of thing. So again, they didn't have the same value to start out with. They didn't have the same value on health and wellness or and, you something. Know, this you know? really isn't even something that you have to wait to be in partner, or we really shouldn't wait to be in partnership to find out about yourself. Right. So I, right. I'd love to know. I'm sure it's out there somewhere where someone has like a like find out what your values are. You I know, can totally do that There with must people. be a questionnaire that they have online. I want to find one. No, you know, I kind of want to know that for myself of like, because I don't think I've ever, I think we think we know who we are on certain basic things, but I don't know if we know the little fine line. Well, here, details. let me throw a little boomerang in the whole thing too. Okay. So. Anal sex. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't where you were going? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Add that to your questionnaire. Add that to your questionnaire. (laughs) What I was going to say. Value it. (laughs) Now that we're all laughing. (laughs) Um, What I was going to say is, you know, it could be characteristics or qualities. Like, are you open to... (laughs) She can't get herself back from that. We're going to have to wait a second. (laughs) Can you Uh, (laughs) It's It's one of my... Your values might be, are you adventurous and open? And that might be if one of you says, (laughs) exactly, if one of you says, you know, I'm really interested in exploring this, what's going to happen? Oh my God, we need this holy fuck questionnaire. (laughs) (laughs) We should put one together. And I do think, okay, so there's the beginning, which is the questionnaire, right? So Mm -hmm. what are your values? How do you determine that? One of the greatest ways to determine it is to look around your life. Mm. What's in your life? Because some people say, oh, I really value my family. And then they don't spend any time with them. Right. So they're in, mentally, they think they value it. Or they value them it, to some degree. Right. But maybe not. I use that as an example. But, right. you know, someone says, oh, I'm, I really value my money, but they don't have money in savings. So it's like incongruent. And again, it's always juxtaposed to each other. Like I value money. You know, if I have $100,000 in the bank, that's enough for some people to say, okay, yeah, you value money. For some people, they'd be like, are you kidding me? Right. You, you should have much more money or, oh, I don't care. As long as you're not homeless, I can work mm-hmm. with that. You know, so it's it's always going to be the balance between the two of you. And one of the things that's tricky is so we could put out a questionnaire, which I'm happy to do. And we should maybe <laughs> yeah, just we'll try I wouldn't want to put anything else on it. And we'll put Chris's answers online. <laughs> <laughs> but you could I'll you use could. that for my bumble page. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Can bumble. you upload JPEGs <laughs> to the bumble? <laughs> oh my God. So but but truthfully, when you get into partnership is when you find out what your values are. Because there's no such thing as 
one kind of integrity. And but most people wait till they're married to find out what their values are. Right, because they, they wait that? because they wait until they bump into it. And so then where does the whole engagement process fit in there? Because it seems like that's people, probably a place where you get very clear. You should you be should getting get very clear. clear because right now you get engaged and I don't hear anybody talking about, hey, we should get really clear on what, you know, our life is going to look like and what we want and what we think. It's like, what color are your flowers going to be? It goes like right <laughs> oh my into God. party planning. It's all party planning. And the difference between a wedding and a marriage is you know, mm-hmm. a lifetime, right? A wedding. Mm-hmm. I had my first wedding. Can I just tell you? It was so beautiful. It was Mine so gorgeous. Too. Just everything. It was a girl's dream. It was just everything I wanted it to be. I have never been so happy with a party in my entire life. Yeah. And... It didn't necessarily, it, it wasn't correlated, let's just put it that way, with a great marriage. And that was my issue, my values, my stuff. I was I was walking down the aisle going, what in the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this? I had the smile on my face. I'm like, oh my God, I really do this. Oh, can I run? Oh, no, I'm here. There's too many people and the flowers are so pretty. <laughs> and my dress and I look pretty. And this is my party. So this should be, this is like a coming out party, not a wedding, right? When you're like... The party matters more than the marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people have gotten away from big weddings because you get so caught. What I remember from one of my marriages is the thought that the train has left the station Mm -hmm. and it was months before, but I could not get in between all of the expectations all of the things that people had already done, all of the invitations, the one word that would have helped me if somebody would have said the word postpone to Mm. me. Because all I had in my head was black and white. Again, back to that more ego structure. And it's like black and white thinking. It was either on or it was off. I think someone did say to me, postpone, like, you don't have to do this. And I think I was just like, yes, I do. Yeah, You know why I did that? Because my value is... Um, Not that I brought up with was um, you got to work hard and like marriage is hard work. You got to just keep. So it's going to get suffering. better. So it was just <laughs> that, well, this is what relationship is. It's hard. It's you got to keep pushing. And so I was just pushing and that's what we do. Yeah. So it didn't look abnormal for me to be getting married under, you know, stressful You were situation. scared. Like, you know, it probably was going back to the parts of us that remember being married off to whoever because <laughs> we were property. Yeah. It's like there's there's some part of us that's not totally unacquainted with this feeling of like, is this right? I don't think so. And almost everybody I know that's gotten married has had that feeling. So how do you determine if that's like an ego freak out? Or right. just a place where you're trying to, con, you know, get clear. And I think that's why so many people well, get a coach drunk. Would have less. A coach totally would have helped, helps. But that wasn't a thing back wasn't then. Wasn't a thing. And even now, it's like, I don't think it's widely talked about, but I think that, you know, we're looking at people. I feel like this conversation right now is really for people who are in their mid-20s, early 30s, they're in relationship and they're thinking of going to the next steps and they're trying to make some decisions for themselves of like, is this the person I still want to be with? And, you know, how do you make, um, you know, how do you do that? And how do you, when someone asks you to marry them, like, what do you do in that engagement time? Yeah, I think that's brilliant, Kristen. But, and I would say that because the statistics on marriage don't get better, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you're at fifty percent, 
on a first marriage, you're at like 60% likely on a second marriage. And a third marriage, you're about 75 or 80% likely to have a divorce. Why is that? Because you haven't changed what you did on your way to marriage. Right. right. And it's really indicating, probably, and telling the truth on myself, which I don't love to do, is that I wasn't really ready. I hadn't really learned the mistakes that I made, which were not to find out about values, not to make sure I was really following my dreams, not to make sure that I wasn't going into it from a needy place. All but we're those- trying to show people like what we did and how that, I mean, it served us in many ways, but if we were to be able to go back and be our younger selves again, what we wished we would have done was some of these clarifying conversations yeah. and value checking and so many coaching things. and making the decisions for making the decision to get married for the right reason and not because it's the natural progression and that's what your parents did and that's what everyone thinks you should do at this time in your life and blah, 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 blah. Right. And and what is the right reason for you? Right. So for me, the what I wanted was a beautiful family, a loving home, um, you know, and and some self-expression for me, things like that. And it wasn't that those things weren't there. They weren't there to the degree that I wanted them to be. And there were like, how do you raise kids? Oh my God, the hardest conversation. So it's not like you can answer these questions overnight, right? You have to be with someone for a long time. You have to experience whether someone's flexible or not. Or, But you'll learn that when you start having these conversations. You'll see how the ebb and flow and the give and take works with them. Exactly. So what we're really... What I'm really in the midst of Mm -hmm. in this conversation about commitment, if it's going to be a marriage or not, or if it's going to be whatever it's going to be, is every time I feel like I get scared that I can't let go of this relationship, I know it's a relationship. I know I'm coming in with needy energy. I know I'm not taking care of myself anymore. I know I've given my power away. And every time I can sit and look at my partner and say, Whatever, I need to know the truth about who you are, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And if it's, I never want to get married again. I don't want to marry you. I want to be in a long-term relationship without a marriage. I have to get to a place where I hear my partner and mm-hmm. then where I hear myself. And for me, I know that I'm someone who's actually really wants to try a marriage <laughs> I want to try. Like, I'm going to get this right. I'm no, going to get this. Right. I mean, it's really true for me. It's a value, not because there's anything inside a marriage that's intrinsically better than being not married or being committed and not married. Whatever, but for it's, you, it sits right. For me, it's body. it's here. It's in the core of my body, and it's just like I really want, and I don't want a marriage that's not alive and exciting and full and loving and. And we have space to move around as ourselves. Well, I really so. appreciate you sharing um, your journey with this because I think a lot of people are um, looking to you to see, like, how you're going to navigate all these next steps. I know I am because I'm like, <laughs> does this shit really work? <laughs> so I'm like, girl, if you can't make it work. I mean, it's no scary, hope. though. I know, it's scary. I know. But I love that you're sharing the scary parts because <laughs> even, like, in today's conversation, it's like, the part about relationship and partnership, it's like my mind literally is blown right now. And I don't know, it may seem like such a simple concept to you, but it's like, oh my God, like neediness, relationship, partnership, like it's just, 
Thank you. Wholeness partnership. Wholeness. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's so great. Well, you're welcome, Krista. I'm surprised that it was such a big conversation, but it changed my life. Mm-hmm. After my relationship that I, where I was engaged after my second marriage and that didn't work out, I realized that I had to get some clarification about how I was in the situation, who I was being. Mm-hmm. And I would always end up in this position where I was needy, scared, alone, and didn't calls have, forth that same type of calls partner. forth that same kind of thing and pulls them into a place where they're like this is yucky, yucky. too yeah so women like let's just say we need to gather our power and make sure we're not getting into these relationships as relationships but we're getting into partnerships we're inviting people to care for us and us for them in a equally supportive situation. We know what our values are. We agree. We actually like each other. We have fun together. Oh my we God, you almost convinced sex. me to get married again. <laughs> we have kidding. great sex. You're not ready. No. You're not ready. You're no, not even I actually certainly um, not fully divorced yet. Are you? <laughs> that. I can barely say the word marriage. So I'm not even ready to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so this is a uh, great conversation. Thank Thanks, Krista. It was fun to go through this today. Yeah. And um, to Mr. Delicious. Oh, oh, he just got a little kiss. He got a little kiss. Well, to mine, I'm just kidding. You can't see what I did, and you don't know who I'm talking to. And it was just a joke that no one can see. But you guys miss Catherine giving Mr. Delicious a kiss. So. I did. Aww. Sweet. Indeed. All right. Spread the love. Spread the love. Bye. Bye.